Hey there, all you hip cats, cool kittens, you friends and foes. Good morning. It is Saturday morning, May the 26th. And this is Tales from the Flipside on the Diesel Punk Podcast. I am your host, the comic book loving, time traveling, deco punk, prophet of pop culture, the artist sometimes known as Big Daddy Cool. I am the impossibleist John Pika. You can call me Johnny. And on this episode, I am going to share with you my review of Solo, a Star Wars story. So, um, so I went and saw Solo Thursday night. I broke my own rule about early openings. Normally, I reject early openings, but I decided to go Thursday night because last night, opening night of Solo, the Cleveland Cavaliers were playing a very important game against the Boston Celtics, and although I am not a basketball fan, my son, who is my primary movie-going buddy, is a huge fan, and so in deference to him, we broke our rule and we went Thursday night to see Solo so that he could see the Cavs beat the Celtics. And I went into Solo with a kind of a trepidatious attitude. Uh, if you've heard me on other episodes or other podcasts, I've said that this was a movie that nobody really needed. It was a movie that a lot of fans wanted, but it's not a movie that we needed. We we knew as much as we needed to know about Han Solo and Lando Calrissian from what we got in the original trilogy, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and the subsequent The Force Awakens. And so this was not a movie that was needed, but it was a movie that was wanted by a lot of fans. And I was not one of those fans. I've never been a huge Han Solo fan. I've you know, always been more of a Luke Skywalker guy, and Han was just kind of a, you know, uh, a, a, what do you call it, collateral piece of the story to me. He just never really spoke to me. So I, uh, I, I did not go into this movie, you know, all enthusiastic. The, the other reason I went into uh, this film with some trepidation was because a lot of the backlash from fandom. You know, this is a movie that fans clamored for. They wanted, wanted, wanted. And then with the, uh, the casting choices specifically the casting of uh, the character of Han Solo, uh, a lot of people were a little bit confused because here we have a, a guy who doesn't really look like Harrison Ford, doesn't really sound like him, and you know, a lot of people were a little bit... Uh, a little bit... Uh, frustrated about that. So Alden, uh, where'd it go? Um, Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich 
plays Han Solo. And, you know, there were, there were times when he kind of channeled Solo, but there were, and channeled Harrison Ford, and then there were other times when he was as far from Harrison Ford as you could possibly get. And, you know, uh, there were there was a lot of backlash from fans. A lot of the fans who had demanded this movie were now calling for it to be boycotted, which I, I thought was a little bit ridiculous. And, um, you know, why would you boycott a movie over casting? And, you know, there were people saying, well, you know, there's this kid that is a perfect Harrison Ford imitator. Why didn't they cast him? And, you know, they may have given him a screen test. And he just wasn't right for the for the part. So, so uh, they cast Alden instead. And so there was a lot of trepidation about his casting. And then there was the Lando Calrissian controversy. Donald Glover is cast as Lando Calrissian. And it came out uh, approximately a week ago that Lando's character was was uh, confirmed as being quote-unquote pansexual. And a lot of people started getting all up in arms about that. You know, a lot of conservative religious types saying, well, I will definitely not go see this movie now if it's a social justice movie. And, you know, a lot of those, those, I, I don't know what to call them, uh, men's rights activists and white supremacists and, you know, the Nazis basically uh, have come out and said, yeah, we're going to boycott this movie because, you know, this social justice agenda is ruining Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, from watching the trailers, I really felt like this could be a fun movie, but it wasn't going to be a big blockbuster hit. You know, a lot of the negative stuff. And I, I was predicting a $500 million movie tops. $500 million tops. Now, having seen it, I have a little bit different opinion. So, I'm going to warn you right now, uh, there will be spoilers. And... Um, the, the good thing about this movie is that the spoilers are not uh, going to be a big surprise to anybody except for maybe the final spoiler. So if you've not seen the movie and you don't want any spoilers, you might want to you know, take a break, turn this off, go see it, come back and listen, and then let me know if you agree. Um, if you don't care about spoilers, then carry on. But you have been warned. So up first... Uh, just in brief, I love this movie. This was a really good movie. Um, I, I went in thinking it was just going to be all right. And I came out going, wow, this was a lot of fun. And I felt very satisfied. And it is a very worthy addition to the Star Wars saga. So the story is... Han Solo's origin story. Uh, 
And really, the the movie directed by Ron Howard pulls it pulls in and it manifests all of the information that we've ever heard from the Han Solo legends, from you know the 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 novels and the expanded universe and things that we as fans have accepted as uh, Han Solo's backstory. It basically hit all of those points. Um, he grew up in Corellia. Corellia, turns out, is not the greatest place on the planet. He was, uh, he was kind of uh, like an Oliver Twist kind of character, you know, enslaved to thieve and steal by a Fagin type of character. And if you don't know what that is all about, you know, go watch Oliver or, or read the book Oliver Twist. Um, Amelia Clark plays Kira, and Solo and Kira grow up together on Corellia, and they plot their escape, and Solo escapes. Wanting to be a pilot, he enlists in the Imperial Navy, and he's going to be the greatest pilot in the universe. So that's the first, you know, checkbox, Imperial Navy. We, we've always heard that Han was a, an Imperial Navy pilot who, uh, who uh, quit and, and uh, because of the, the sins of the Empire. Uh, he just couldn't stomach it. And that kind of is the truth. So he washes out of pilot school because apparently he couldn't take orders very well, and he's reassigned to the uh, mobile infantry, the kind of the uh, the army of the Galactic Empire. And this was an interesting thing to see their army grunts because we're just so used to stormtroopers, stormtroopers, stormtroopers. Well. Now we see that they have an entire army of non-elite uh, soldiers that aren't stormtroopers. And uh, we see them in a battle uh, on a planet that's basically a, a, a ball of mud. And um, during that battle, Han Solo figures a way out of the battle. He gets arrested and thrown into the pit with the monster to be eaten and and killed for his desertion. <clears throat> well, it turns out that monster is Chewbacca, and they fight. Han speaks a little bit of Wookiee, convinces Chewbacca that they're on the same side, and he helps Chewbacca escape his shackles. He's been chained in this pit, made to fight and kill to to be fed, and Han Solo helps free Chewbacca. Next check mark off the list. Then we have his first meeting uh, with uh, Lando Calrissian, and you know he meets Calrissian in a game of Sabak. Check mark off the list. Um, so I, I don't want to get through all the plot points, but they're, um, they're really, 
the, the movie is a heist movie. And and it's a a movie that I felt like Okay. So I I've always said that the the this TV series Firefly was good Star Wars. And this movie showed why. Basically, Solo is a space western train heist movie. It's high adventure, it's action packed, it's a roller coaster ride from beginning to end and it's filled with really great strong relatable characters including Woody Harrelson as Beckett and this was casting that I was really suspect of and what's interesting is you know Woody Harrelson is he's not a bad actor and there have been some things that he been he's been really, really good in, but he was would not have been my first choice for a Star Wars movie. Turns out he plays a conniving, double-crossing, backstabbing gangster exceptionally well. And his character was solid, and his performance was solid. Amelia Clark turns out that she escaped Corellia too, but not in the way that you think. She has been recruited or taken captive as a courtesan, as a companion um, in the criminal organization Dark Sun. And Paul Bettany, who plays Dryden Voss, the main villain in the movie, and um, does a great job, by the way. He he is her owner, if you will. And uh, he is the uh, regional lieutenant of... Uh, what did I say? What did I call it? Dark Sky? Dark Hand? Dark Sun? Why can I not think of why they call what they call this... Uh, organization dark sun i think it was um anyway he's he's the big bad in charge and uh the the whole plot revolves around solo chewbacca and now kira and beckett the four of them being tasked by drayden voss uh to get this uh this element to uh and and forgive me I'm trying to find what the element is called um and uh they uh they're going to get this element that is a hyper you know souped up uh jet fuel fighter fuel and um so so you know that's 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 the goal of the heist. And there are several different um attempts to steal it and finally they get some unrefined on Kessel. They they have to go to Kessel to get it. They have to recruit a ship and a pilot. Hence 
the meeting with Lando Calrissian. They recruit Lando Calrissian and his uh, his co-pilot, which is um, let's see, that's uh, the droid. And uh, what is the droid's name? Golly, I should have taken notes, shouldn't I? Um, I'll get to it in a minute. Anyway, uh, Lando has a droid co-pilot. And um, the uh, co-pilot is L337, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And um, she's a she's a droid's right a droids rights activist. Very funny, very strong, very feminist, but um, she's Lando's co-pilot and partner. Uh, Lando is played by Donald Glover, who does a phenomenal job, um, sometimes channeling uh, Billy D. Williams so perfectly that you have to remind yourself you're not watching a young Billy D. Williams. He was perfect. Perfect. And um, so they recruit uh, Lando and L337, and um, they're going to go to Kessel to get this fuel, this unrefined fuel, and um, we get the Kessel Run. Check mark. Uh, the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Um, so. At the end of the day, they, they get this fuel, they uh, they double-cross Dryden Voss, Beckett double-crosses Solo and the team, and at the end of the day, Kira, who lets, who's the lieutenant for Dryden Voss, who also loves Solo from being a childhood friend, lets Solo and Chewbacca go, as she assumes control and command of Dryden Voss's empire uh, after she's killed him. So she becomes the new crime lord. And um, I know for a lot of fans that was probably a surprise. For me, not so much. That was kind of a natural, uh, natural progression in her character arc. What was a surprise was who the... Uh, leader of Dark Sun was and who she reported to at the end. We'll get to that in a minute. So let's talk about the controversy with Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. A lot of people were upset that it was supposedly he was pansexual. And I said on the uh, video cast with Bewitched Raven earlier this week that, I, you know, I was reserving judgment till I saw it. Lando Calrissian is a con man, he's a gambler, he's a politician. You know, he th th those roles are all about seduction, flirtation and seduction of the mark. And, you know, I made the point that, you know, Lando's always been flamboyant, he's always been very charismatic, and when you factor in his line of work, yes, he's going to be flirting and, you know, working to quote-unquote seduce men, women, and maybe even droids alike. And I, I said, you know, let's just wait and see. Because the, the complaint was that he has, 
you know, sexual relationships with everybody. Well, let me just quell that rumor. That's not true. None of that happened. Um, where the controversy comes in in the whole pansexual thing, yes, he was charismatic. He was charming. He was seductive. Um, it fit his character to a T as the con man, smuggler, gambler that he was. But on Kessel, um, his droid companion and co-pilot, L337, who suggests to Kira that there is a relationship deeper than just a partnership, a potential romantic relationship. And, you know, we we don't ever see that until on Kessel, L337 is killed. She's she's blown to bits. And Lando runs to her and, you know, begs her, stay with me, stay with me, don't leave me, don't leave me. He cries over her, he, you know, picks her up in his arms as, as uh, the droid is, is fading. And, you know, we've always kind of thought of these droids in Star Wars as completely inanimate objects. But, you know, in recent years, you know, the prequels in, really introduced that independent um, AI of R2-D2. Uh, in Rogue One, you know, the droid was uh, very very independent, had a real personality. And um, the the same continues in Rebels with Chopper, and now uh, L337 was probably the most advanced droid personality we've seen. Um, she was very independent, very outspoken. She was an advocate. <clears throat> and so I think it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable in a world where artificial intelligence is so prominent, I think it's reasonable to understand and to expect that someone who owns a droid would have a deeper relationship with that that droid than just, you know, a master-servant kind of relationship. I, I would almost liken it to being more like the relationship between a person and their pet. But even even that, we're talking about real personality, real intelligence here. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for you know a human being to fall in love with that personality. And I think that's what we see in Solo, A Star Wars Story with Lando Calrissian. So, so the, the, the complaint or the concern about him being a pansexual, much ado about nothing. I was exactly right. He's just a very charismatic, uh, flamboyant character who, in his line of work, has to be charming and seductive. That's all it is. So don't worry about that, and you shouldn't have to begin with. Um... Paul Bettany is delicious as the villain, Dryden Voss. He was perfect. Um, and then we have uh, 
the end of the film, Solo facing Calrissian yet a second time in a game of Sabek and winning the Millennium Falcon from Lando Calrissian. That's the other check mark. And then one more check mark at the end of the film. Solo is heading off to join up with and be a part of the crew of some big, big shot gangster on Tatooine. We, of course, know this is Jabba the Hutt, which is going to ultimately lead to Solo having a price on his head because he fails Jabba. Check mark number, what is that, five or six. So we get all of the right notes. We get all of the check marks for fan service, but an original story that, um, you know, had some surprises. Now, was this movie the best Star Wars movie made? No. Um, but it was, a lo- it was really solid. This movie was a lot of fun. It was full of pulpy, high-adventure, great popcorn movie. It hits all of the right check marks. It felt very much like, you know, a, an Indiana Jones meets Firefly type of movie. And for those people who are fans of those franchises, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it was action-packed, fast-paced, great character development, great character motivations. And, you know, all things aside, Alden Ehrenreich was really strong. And, you know, yes, he, he didn't try to channel or imitate Han Solo he, or, or Harrison Ford. He brought his own unique style to the character while staying true to the spirit of the character. And where we meet Han in the story it is perfectly reasonable to believe that down the line he is going to become the more sarcastic uh, and, and uh, pessimistic, I guess it is the word, cynical character that he becomes. In this movie, he's still kind of pretty optimistic and hopeful. And, uh, you know, over the next several years he's going to get more chiseled. Now, this movie obviously takes place sometime between... um, It takes place before Rogue One and A New Hope and sometime before the events of Rebels Season 3. You guys know that Rebels is official canon... And what we got at the end of this movie is Kira taking over uh, Black Sun, Dark Sky, and um, which which that that organization is one of the five of the uh, gangster confederates um, that we saw in Rebels season three. Darth Maul was one of the leaders of one of those organizations, and here it is. So the end of the movie, Kira reaches out to her new boss, Darth Maul, and we see him on screen in the, in the uh, 
as a hologram. And it is Ray Park, by the way, which was really cool. And um, he's got his lightsaber that he used in Rebels. So, uh, and you hear him stand and you hear the mechanical legs. And uh, again, another check mark. Ron Howard and the writers and the cast and the crew of Solo, A Star Wars Story, did a masterful job of tying all of the pieces of the Star Wars saga canon together in one standalone film that you can see by itself. You do not have to know any of the other material, with the exception of the Darth Maul reveal at the end. You might be like, who's that? But if you have not seen any of the other material, you can come into this movie and thoroughly enjoy it. So if you have a friend who, like I do, I have a friend at work who has never seen one Star Wars movie, this might be the one to show them. Because it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's well-written, it's well-paced, but it stands by itself. You don't have to have seen any of the other movies. So at the end of the day, my recommendation for Solo Star Wars Story, it exceeded my expectations. I'm thoroughly satisfied, and I highly recommend you go see it. Go see it this weekend. Make it the top box office release. Um, Do I still think it's only going to be a $500 million movie? Uh, It might hit $700 million. I'm going to say it's probably going to do about what... uh, Deadpool does, or what uh, Wonder Woman did. Now, I said that about Rogue One, too. I didn't think Rogue One would top 500 million, and it topped over a billion and became one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. Um, I'll be interested to see what Solo does, uh, but it's good, guys. This is a good movie. Go see it. And for those of you who are wondering why... Am I reviewing a Star Wars movie on the Diesel Punk podcast? Well, that answer is really easy. I consider Star Wars good Diesel Punk. And all of the right tones, the right aesthetics were present in this movie. Uh, It had a very Rogue One feel to it in terms of the aesthetics. Um, You know, you get that, that placement in that universe... So a lot of the, uh, not quite the World War II styling, more almost like the uh, Korean War styling, if, if you were going to compare it to, to those kind of things. But uh, really, really strong retrofuturistic aesthetics. And um, especially the, uh, the chase scene on Corellia. Han has this really cool, he steals this really cool cruiser. And if you remember the uh, scene in Attack of the Clones from the uh, prequels on uh, Coruscant where Obi-Wan and Anakin are driving in his uh, speeder cruiser car, almost a retro sports car looking uh, speeder, you get that feeling here. It looks like a uh, like a 1960s Charger uh, Duster or Corvette. Um, really cool. 
very, very, very solid retro future aesthetics. Uh, and and what I love most is the entire movie is set in that used universe. So um, anyway, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of Star Wars, you're gonna love it. If you're a fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine or Firefly, you're gonna love this movie. Uh, and I've always said Deep Space Nine and Firefly are both good Star Wars, and Solo, a Star Wars story, is really good Star Wars. And it's really good movie making to boot. All right, guys. Well, that is it. I would love to hear your comments about Solo, a Star Wars story. Let me know what you think. You can drop me an email at feedback at dieselpunkpodcast.com or at johnpica at johnpica.com. Connect with me there, uh, johnpica.com. And you can uh, connect with me online at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your social media platform of choice, you can just click on the link there on my website and uh, connect with me that way. Or just you know subscribe to my newsletter and um, however you want to do it. Check out more episodes on dieselpunkpodcast.com. And uh, Eric and I have a great episode coming up this week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, an episode of the Fedora Chronicles on the Diesel Punk Podcast, and that should be released shortly. Anyhow, anyway, that is uh, it for me this week. Make sure you uh, check out our sponsor, Magic Subscription Box. Get a magic shop in your mailbox every month, and if you use my promo code BDCMAGIC, you'll take 50% off your first month. Check them out. They're a great sponsor. And make sure you check out our other sponsor, graphicpolicy.com, for the best news, views, and reviews from the world of comics and pop culture. Until the next, guys, guys. Next time. Until the next time, guys. It's early. Until the next time. Swing hard. Swing hard. I'm messing that up all over the place. Until the next time. Swing hard. Swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side.